0: Like uh, Mark said, I am normally a teacher and I teach eight and nine year olds. And when Pastor Mark asked me to do this, he was like, Oh, it's fine. Go ahead. It's just like standing in front of a class. But as I'm up here, you guys look a lot scarier than my eight and nine. Oh, so if you could just pretend to be children, it would make me feel much, much better. Um, Anyway, we are in um, week 10 of the Love Is series. And today we're going to be looking at Love Is Costly. And it's been such a great series, actually, uh, the Love Is series. And we've been looking at verses in 1 Corinthians 13. And so I thought today we'd start with looking at um, verse 13, which says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So out of those three things... The the greatest there is love, it's the best, it's the most important, it's the number one. And through the series, we've been um, learning that love is not a feeling, it's a choice. So choosing to love is going to cost us something. And I thought today, uh, let's look at some examples of how love is costly. So we're going to be focusing on King David in 2 Samuel chapter 23. And just to give you a bit of background information of that story, King David was fleeing from Saul... And he finds himself in the cave of Adullam. And when he's there, his brothers join him, his relatives join him. Other men start to join him, men that were in debt, men that were discontented. Um, And before he knew it, David had a whole army of about 400 men. Um, And within this army, there were three mighty warriors. Just have a look at them there. (laughs) There was one mighty warrior that was able to kill 800 men in one battle. There was a warrior who killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword. And the last of the three mighty warriors, he was able to stand his ground and beat back the Philistines. Even though the whole Israelite army fled, he was able to beat them all back. Um, As you can see, these, these men were given great victories by the Lord. And if you were going to have an army, you would want these three standing right beside you. These three were the men that covered David's back. And in Samuel um, chapter 23, verses 13 to 17, we can find out a bit more about the character of these warriors. It says, once during the harvest, when David was at the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three who were among the 30, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the strongholds at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. The Lord forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are the exploits of the three. Um, Now, the first thing I wanted to think about this morning was, how costly is my love for others? So if we just focus on that first half of that scripture, um, you can imagine it, can't you? We know it was harvest time, and it was dry, warm weather, and, and David is extremely thirsty and longing for a drink. So the mighty three then decide to risk their lives to get the water for David. They decide to break through the Philistine lines. Why did they risk so much just for some water? Well, they honoured their leader, they cared for their leader, they loved him. This is a great example of how love is costly. They saw David's need and they tried to meet David's need, even though it would cost them their lives. And this got me thinking about our relationships um, in our own lives, people around us, close relationships, family relationships, um, colleagues, people we interact with day in, day out, What are our relationships like with other people? Do we show love to them? Maybe we do to our family, our friends. But what about our acquaintances? Maybe strangers, enemies. Do we show love to them? Well, if we look at Jesus, his whole mission was about others. To bring the good news to the poor, to um, set the captives free, to bring sight to the blind. The list goes on. And ultimately, um, the biggest love, laying down his life for us so we can have eternal life. Everything Jesus did had others at the heart of it. Um, Jesus showed the best example of how to love others. When I was preparing for today, I was looking at all the different verses in the Bible about loving others, and there were so many. If you've got time, maybe study those verses because they're they're really powerful. But just to share a few with you, um, just up there, um, I just wanted to look at the the first scripture which is from John 15, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This, for me, is a verse with so much power behind it. This is instructing us to look at how Jesus loved us and then love love others in that way. Somebody who really understood this was Mother Teresa. She dedicated her whole life to loving others and helping others, and she looked at Jesus as her example, as her role model, um, she even called herself the spouse of Jesus. And when she died, she even had that um, commandment written on her tombstone to uh, love one another as I have loved you. It really, it really uh, meant a lot to her. So how do, we, how do we love others? I think this verse sums it up. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. In 1 John 3 verse 18 So it tells us here that love is an action. It's going to cost us something. Love is meeting someone's need. Just like how we read with the three mighty warriors, they loved David and they wanted to meet his need by fetching him the water. Now, we all have different circumstances, but is there someone you know who you could meet their need? Often we think of someone who is less fortunate than ourselves that has a need. But this isn't always the case. It's not just the need of the needy, but the need of the strong as well. If you think about it, King David was the leader. Um, He was the one with the need. Sometimes it's the people with the biggest amount of pressure that have the need. For example, Pastor Mark, do we know the need in his life? Or your boss at work, do we know their need? So is there someone right now who you can think, I could meet their need? And it could be really simple, Um, and not actually cost us that much at all. It could be just our attitude towards others. Are we friendly? Are we encouraging? Just saying to someone, you look great, I love how you've done your hair, I love how you've dressed. That might be slightly harder for the guys to do. But guys, you know, you could tell your wives, hey, you look beautiful, Andy, just say. (laughs) Or telling someone who works for you that you've done a great job. Don't just assume that they know it. Now, these seem like such little things, but this could really impact someone's day. Um, I shared this story with the life group, our life group, um, a while ago. And it's um, where we live, we live opposite a park. And often we take the kids over to the park. And because our house is just opposite, we often bring cups of tea with us. It's quite nice sitting there with a cup of tea, let the kids play. And our friends come and everything. And a couple of times, um, I've seen other people in the park. And I've just said, hey, I'm going over the road um, to make a cup of tea. Do you, want, do you want a cup of tea? And they always say yes. <laughs> so I'll bring them some tea. And it's amazing, actually, how it opens up conversation um, with them. And the other day, um, there was a couple uh, with their children. And they were opposite ends of the park. And I brought them both a cup of tea. And I was just speaking to the husband. And he was telling me that they just had an argument and that that's why they were opposite ends of the park. But actually, bringing that cup of tea to them brought them back together, diffused to the situation. Um, and yeah, it, it was nice to see that actually showing love can actually diffuse sort of anger or situations like that. Um, now, these are simple costs that I think are much needed in our world today. I think we all need a dose of love or kindness um, shown to us. Andy and I like watching Question Time. We're a bit geeky like that. (laughs) And um, I don't know if you know, um, but Question Time is where you have a panel of uh, politicians and the audience get to ask them questions. And often the questions are based on, I don't know if you've heard of it at the moment, Brexit? (laughs) Um, I'm not going to talk about that, so don't worry. But um, the other day we were watching Question Time and someone posed this question. They said, why is everyone angry all of the time? And actually that really struck me and I thought "That's, that's such a good question. That's such a good point. Why is everyone angry? And actually you just need to be in your car driving around to see people having to wait five extra seconds to let someone come out there angry or in the shop uh, people haven't got patience, they're angry or they're offended by something. Um, is there something that's making you angry? Where's, where's the anger coming from? Is it discontentment? Is it uncertainty of the future? Is it fear and it's coming out as anger? Um, is there something that's frustrating you today? Is it causing you, is your life to derail or is it causing you to have your focus off of God? That's why I think we all need that Uh, love and kindness. I just think love can really change situations around. Um, Or sometimes loving others and meeting their need can actually cost quite a great deal. Um, I've seen this personally uh, with my mum and dad. I've seen how this uh, love can cost a great deal. My mum and dad have been married for almost 58 years, and they've got such a great marriage. But the last nine years, my mum's been diagnosed with um, Louis Body's dementia. And the last two years have been really tough, because she can't do that much for herself. In fact, she can't do anything now for herself. My dad does everything for her, feeding her, wiping her nose, everything. Everything's done for her. But this has been amazing to see. Even though it's hard, it's been amazing to see my dad's love for her. He's, you know, he's caring for her completely. He's sort of put his life on hold um, just to meet her need. Um, and it's, been, it's been really good. He's been willing to do this um, because he loves her so much. And that's cost him a great deal. Now, you might say, well... I've got a lot going on at the moment. I've got a lot of problems of my own. I haven't got time to help others, or I haven't got the capacity. But actually, I found that when you take, uh, when you take time to help others, it takes your mind off of your own problems... Um, I'm no expert in the field of mental health, but I've heard that people who suffer from depression are encouraged to volunteer with charities um, to help others, to give them a purpose and to make, take, take their um, mind off of their problems. And I was reading on the website of the Mental Health America. This is um, a community-based, non-profit mental health service in America. And I was reading on their website, and it states... Research indicates that those who consistently help other people experience less depression, greater calm, fewer pains, and better health. They may even live longer. And they also did a study on there that said, actually, people who carry out random acts of kindness throughout the day, their levels of happiness were increased. And it's amazing to think, isn't it, that us just sort of showing love to others, taking the focus off ourselves and showing love to others can improve our health may even live longer. So what could our action of love lead to? By showing people love, what could it lead to? Maybe it might relieve someone's stress for the day. Maybe it might encourage them. Maybe it might encourage them in their faith. Perhaps it could even start their faith. It might even lead to their salvation. And that, for me, actually, that's why I've got my faith and my salvation, is because of a family opening, opening up... Um, their love for me. I'm just going to have some water, sorry. <laughs> I will be more. <laughs> I mean, swig it from the bottle. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> mm. sorry. Um, yeah, the reason for my faith and my salvation is um, for a family that I've known since I was five, opening up uh, their house really to me and, and showing love towards me. We <clears throat> used to live across the road from each other. And when I was eight, they invited me to go to church. So I said yes and I went to church with them and I really enjoyed it. And then the next week I went to church with them again. And then next week I went to church with them again. <laughs> and I kept going to church with this family every week. They invited me every week and I would go and not just that I would then stay with the family and have roast dinner with them. <laughs> and then after that me and my friends we would all then go over to my house and have dinner together and be with my family and that pretty much happened every Sunday. And if they hadn't done that, I wouldn't have had my foundation, my faith, I wouldn't have my salvation. I'm really grateful to them opening up their home. You know, there was probably days they probably didn't feel like it. I used to eat a lot when I was there for dinner, so they probably didn't really feel like it some days, but every Sunday I would go to the point where the people in the church thought I was one of their daughters, and they would say to them, well... where's your other sister if I wasn't there one day they'd say to the three of them where's your other sister they're like no we're all here no the blonde one where is she (laughs) but actually that was how I was there all the time and I'm I'm so grateful and I'm grateful to my mum and dad as well for letting me go to go with them so um does it really cost us actually to invite someone to church when was the last time that you invited someone to church it doesn't really cost us that much, is it? Are we really outward-looking? What's stopping us? Is it the fear? Yeah, they may say no, but how about they might say yes? They might, they might come to church with you. Um, now let's go back to the story of King David and think about how costly is my love for God. Because we know that the mighty warriors risked their lives. They got the water for David and they brought it back, back to him. And this is what David did. It says, He refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. The Lord forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are the exploits of the three. Wow, imagine that. that these, what must of these warriors have thought when they had just risked their lives, brought the water to David, and David poured it out. He didn't even drink a drop. Why did David do it? He was extremely thirsty and that water would have quenched his thirst. We all know how lovely and refreshing cold water is when we are so thirsty. Why did he pour it out? Well, David said that the water was as precious as the men's blood. He saw this water as a treasure. He saw it as too precious to drink. And so he honoured God by pouring it out as a sacrifice. He didn't just pour out half of it and keep half himself he didn't even take a sip he poured out all of the water as an offering to god this is a great example of how david loved loved god this cost him something it cost him greatly and actually, as we read through the Bible, there are many examples of David's love for God in the Bible um, and how it cost him something. Even in just the next chapter along, in two Samuel chapter 24 verses 18 to 25, um, we learn that David was instructed by the Lord through Gad to build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor owned by the Jebusite Aruna. Um, now, did you know that a threshing floor is a flattened piece of land? Uh, where the, the farmer would, during harvest, uh, use that floor to separate the grain from the straw. And in the Bible, actually, there's many examples where an altar is built on a threshing floor. It's interesting, isn't it? Why why is an altar built on a threshing floor? Well, it's a place of separation. It's where the grain was then separated from, from the straw. Straw is the discarded bit. And when we come to the altar, is is there something that we need to separate from our life? Is there something that we need to um, separate from our life so that we can can flourish, so that we can move on with God? It's all personal to to each one of you. So um, when David wanted to buy this threshing threshing floor, um, Aruna was very generous and said, you can have this, have this threshing floor for free. Um, I'll even give you my oxen and you can use them as burnt offerings. But David replied, No, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. So David paid 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. Now this shows that David wanted to do things properly. He didn't want to take any shortcuts when it came to honouring God. He wanted to show God his love and respect by having it cost him something. Um, Last week, Mark mentioned that David was a man after God's own heart. Now, what does that mean? How would we become a man after God's own heart? In Acts 13:22, we discover the secret. It says, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Now, what does our love for God cost us? Are we prepared, like David, to do everything God wants us to do? That's challenging, isn't it? everything that God wants us to do. I find that extremely challenging. Is there something at the moment that you feel God is asking you to do? What will it cost? Now, being a Christian and loving God is going to cost us. If we want to develop our faith, become closer to God, discover what God has for us in our life, we need to understand that it will, it will cost us something. Maybe it will cost us our time. What are we doing with our time? Are we spending it with God? Are we dedicating time um, to read his word? What, is our, what do we give our time to? Is it, is it of value? What we give our time to now, is it going to matter and have impact in a year's time? What, maybe it will cost us um, letting go of something. Maybe there's something that is keeping you from God. Addictions, things from our past, Maybe the cost will be stepping out in faith. Maybe there's a situation where we need to trust God and taking a leap of faith. Or how about our mindset? Maybe we need to have a switch in our mindset. What, what are we spending our time thinking about? Are we focused on our problems or are we focused on God? And a good way to test this is, when you meet up with friends, what are you talking about? What, what do you spend most of your time talking about? Are, are we talking about our problems? What, what is it? Now, if we think back to King David, um, when he was um, pouring out all of the water to, as an offering to God, um, he didn't save any of it. Why not? Because he was, a, he was a man after God's own heart. It was a heart choice, it wasn't a head choice. Like in Deborah's message two weeks ago, she explained really well that loving God comes from our heart. We might have all the knowledge in our mind, we might um, know all the scriptures, but do we love God from our heart? David did. He poured out all of the water. Just like the poor widow who had the two coins, she gave all that she had. Just like the boy who had the five loaves of bread and the two fish, he gave all that he had. Why did they give all that they had? If they thought about it, it wouldn't have made sense to give everything. But they were doing it um, from a choice from their heart. They understood kingdom living, and so they gave to God from their heart. David, the widow, the boy, they all had a give-it-all attitude when they showed their love for God. Does our heart have a give-it-all attitude? What is our all? There I've put um, the verse Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. In other um, versions, it may say, this is man's duty. Now, fearing God, it doesn't mean being scared of God. We know it means that God is uh, known that God is awesome, great, having reverence towards God, and then keep His commandments. That's what God's requiring from us. So why is love costly? If it doesn't cost, is it love? Well, when you love God, you want to do what pleases Him. As you develop your relationship with God, your heart wants to give more. You have more of a kingdom-living mindset. Your priorities become more eternal. And we've heard the same before, haven't we? What you sow on earth, you reap in heaven. By loving others and loving God, we can have a now impact with eternal rewards. Um, Lastly, uh, the precious water that david had uh, had received from the warriors was a blessing from god we know that when uh, these warriors went into battle god's hand of protection were on them and so when they would have crossed the philistine lines to get that water we know that god's hand of protection would have been on them and so this water that they brought back to god was um, to david was a blessing it was a blessing from god what are you doing with the blessing that God has given you? Or in other words, what are you doing with the gifts and talents that God has given you? Are you willing to use it to honour God? Now we read in Psalm 139 verses 13 to 14, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. <clears throat> God has created each one of us and made us all different and unique. We all have our own God-given talents and gifts. Maybe yours is to encourage, to show kindness. Maybe it's organisation or administration, uh, leadership. Maybe you're an entrepreneur, a musician. You want to start your own business. Um, Whatever it is, whatever the gift may be, think how much it must please God to see us discovering our gifts and then using them. Just like when you give someone a gift, you love to see them enjoying it. In 1 Peter Verse 10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I really love this verse because um, it clearly tells us to use our gifts and it also tells us that when we're doing it, this can be the benefit of others. Exploring your gifts, stepping out in your gifts can be costly. Yes, it can be scary. Yes, you might have doubt. You might think, well, what if I fail? Um, But how about we do it anyway? You've probably all heard the quote, uh, feel the fear and do it anyway by Susan Jeffers. Don't keep your gift hidden due to things like fear. God wants you to use it. Um, Now this got me thinking about my granddad, who um, he's no no longer with us, but um, he reached the ripe old age of 99. And um, I just couldn't help feel a little bit disappointed when I got him a gift because I would spend time in the shop buying him something, choosing him something, wrapping it up, and then presenting it to my granddad. And he would just take the gift and put it to the side. And I was a bit disappointed that he didn't open it in front of me. And actually, we discovered that the cupboards under his stairs was full of all these different gifts, still wrapped up beautifully, never opened. Or maybe a little corner would have been torn off of the gift. Um, But mainly, they were they were still wrapped. And I just thought, what a waste. He never knew actually what was inside of those gifts. Now, we don't want our gifts that God has given us to never be unwrapped, never to be discovered, or like the, like the gifts with the corner torn off, that we've explored our gift a little bit and then put it back into hiding. What a waste. Who knows what you could do with your gift unless you unpack it? So love is costly. It can be costly when we're loving others, when we're loving God. Um, but let's try to be like David, to have a heart after God's own heart and say yes to God when he asks us to do something. Who knows how it might affect our lives and others around us. Thank you, <laughs>